Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Daredevil Rewind. My name is Mose. I am joined today again by two individuals you just heard, Mr. James Thompson. I'm one bad day away from being you. Ooh, that's, that's chilling. And Mr. Jason Snell. Good to be back, Red. There it is. And with that, we learn what the Punisher likes to call Daredevil. Because on this opening, we get the cold, stark uh, look at old Matt chained up against a, what was it, a, like a chimney? Yeah, yeah, well, we start out with a strange sort of dream sequence with a... Oh, yes! Uh, uh, is it a Virgin Mary statue slash nun slash... Yeah, yep. It's Catholic something Catholic, it's something Catholic. yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, this is a um, very interesting one because if you look at the series uh, Pariah, Purgatory, um, and Apocalypse, um, you have Matt being healed by a nun, and he asks her if she is his mom. And, you know, she's like, heavens no. Which everybody kind of still thinks that this nun could be his mother. Of course, this is a dream sequence, but... It's definitely casting um, parallels to the series. And we get lots of blood, and the, the, uh, the person says, you know, stay down, Matty, don't get up. Oh, and you see that. him lying on the ground, and then the camera tilts, and you see that he's not actually lying on the ground. He's strapped by uh, chains to the side of this chimney. And mm-hmm. Frank says, morning, sunshine. Yeah. And Drinking then his get coffee. Credits. Yeah. <laughs> Out of his thermos. He loves that yep. thermos. It's just going to work every day. Killing, pe- killing bad guys. That's what he does. Well, yeah. He's working he class also has to. He has to keep moving his hideout. Mm-hmm. Um, so now he's on the roof, which seems a uh, strange place to, to have all your, all your um, weapons and stuff out there because it would be a bit wet. But, you know. It's fine. He's got a tarp, I'm sure. Oh, but then tarp. we, after the credits, um, we cut to yet another aftermath of a Punisher attack, uh, <laughs> which seems to be how we're going to start every episode. Yep. And with Reyes stomping around, we start, I think, with her, her foot, and then we see them exploring the roof and looking around, and uh, the, she threatens to pin it all on... Um, uh, Murdoch and, and Foggy and Karen and says that, you know, if they don't walk away right now, it's all going to be on them. Uh-huh. And and then uh, Foggy backs down away from this and Karen gets quite upset at him. And Foggy says that all the legal kung fu in the world wouldn't have won the fight. And I think that that should be the name of the show, Legal Kung Fu. <laughs> there is definitely right. a lot of legalese and I'm no lawyer, and I don't play one on this podcast, <laughs> but I have learned an amazing amount of information that may or may not be true legal um, justice type stuff. See, this is what happens being a Marvel fan, whether it's the comics or the movies or the TV shows, is is it makes you think, makes you confident that you know things about the, stuff like the legal system, and then if you ever are in... You know, God forbid, you're ever in a legal jam and you say, well, you know, there's this thing. And they look at you and they're like, did you watch Daredevil? Because that's not a thing that actually happens in the real world. Uh, but they get you thinking that there. So I feel like I'm understanding. Yes, I, I Foggy is very, Senor Foggy is very wise when it comes to mm-hmm. uh, 
doing uh do knowing when to back off of the all-powerful da here and i love the karen is the moral moral heart here she's like but it's wrong and foggy's like yeah we had to do it we had to back off she was going to destroy us and that's a nice uh dynamic that i feel like that's that's foggy right foggy is a nice guy but he's super pragmatic um and and uh and and karen is uh you know righteous and i i enjoy that uh that, that dynamic between them but we we cut back to the rooftop and we spend about half the episode on the rooftop yeah. with uh, 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 Matt still chained to the chimney uh, for the, through a variety of discussions. But at this point, we have some gratuitous arm sewing just uh, to show that the Punisher feels no pain and, and is sewing himself up. Yeah. And I think that's his first time that he calls him Red, which he, he uses as his name throughout. Um, but then uh, we cut away from that and we've got the hospital ER busy with all the gang members or the, the surviving <laughs> gang members. And uh, Foggy has gone off to find uh, Claire Temple, the night yeah. nurse, uh, played by Rosaria Dawson, who I remember from Josie and the Pussycats. Which well, she kind of she is the best. Uh, she may be my favorite thing in the Marvel TV shows. Yes, I think it. I think that she's fantastic, and I love that she's in all of them. And so I was very excited when they when they went to the uh, when they went to the hospital. It's like, oh, is she going to be there? And she totally was there. She's really tired. She's been working a lot because it's like somebody's been uh, been uh, killing and shooting a lot of people. So well, we've been busy. A, there's a callback because she says that I'm working the night shift because of basically because she was helping uh, Luke Cage yeah. in Jessica Jones mm-hmm. and that all went south. And uh, so no doubt she's been reprimanded for all this and that's why she's ended up on the night shift. But it's interesting because there's a, she seems to be in, a, there's a character, the night nurse that's in the Daredevil books. And she seems to be a cross between that character and Claire Temple. Um, yeah. And and yeah, and and that character, the night nurse, was actually called Linda Carter, which would have just been really confusing. Yeah, I think I think probably so. So let's take. I mean, these go back and forth, but like, let's take the hospital chunk and talk about it a little bit because it, it's. I think it's a really a really great scene. We get to we get to see Claire. Um, they have that little moment of like you know our friend, you know, like <laughs> they, wink, they, wink. The, yeah, we know what we're talking about. He here. likes to do extreme sports. Yes, exactly. And she hasn't seen him. Uh, but she has Foggy like help her, and then there's a fight, and Foggy does this like talk about your legal kung fu. He like uh impre- super impresses Claire by kind of talking these gang members who are going to kill each other into not killing each other. Um, and then and then she helps him because at that point uh, he's sort of proven. Uh, proven himself to her but i think i think it's a nice you know foggy doesn't get a lot in the show it is not called the adventures of foggy nelson and his friend who beats up people it is it is not that (laughs) but uh but he gets some moments here and then we and we get him with rosario dawson and it's just great she's great in every uh in every scene she's in so uh i i really enjoyed this and i liked that foggy kind of like again his pragmatic it's like you guys could fight you could kill each other or whatever but let me explain some stuff. Let me law you for a little bit. And then everybody backs down, which is almost miraculous that he gets these guys to back down. Uh, and I, I really liked, I really liked that whole bit. It was good. Good it, moment it for Senior ki- Foggy. It was kind of a repeat of his uh, adventures with the, the biker gang in the previous episode. Yeah. Two episodes ago. Where, yeah. You know, 
he he sort of talks his way. He's better at it here, though. Yeah, I don't know. He's better at it. I also liked um, uh, uh, Claire's. She she's talking to one of the gang members, and she's got this this line about yesterday you had five fingers, now you have two, and she repeats that to him twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and those guys are just. You would think like, wait a minute, look, guys, think about it for just a second and unify. Now you know because they're just wiping off themselves, and it. But you know, I understand. The, the storyline aspect of it. We have to have um, foggy monologue. It just, it was one of those things I was like, guys, seriously, you're going to just whack all yourselves out and then what? You're done. Yeah, I I like though that theme, which is uh, the that's how the Punisher has been successful here is he, all of these cr- criminal groups are divided. All the different gangs, they're all divided. And he's able, that's an advantage that he gets to play because he kills the Irish guys he kills the bikers um and they don't unite against him or anything right that's not gonna happen they're all still trying to just kill each other plus him and i so i like to i like that that this is this is the this is the problem with uh going up against the punisher is that his victims aren't united in any way his victims still want to kill each other too i think that's but it's, cool. also, it's also i think referencing the fact that the kingpin is no longer in play sure so uh, everything's in disarray, and he would have run the system much smoother, and they wouldn't have been fighting. And I think if he was around, the Punisher wouldn't have uh, had the success he's had. Yeah. And it also kind of shows that this this Punisher that we're dealing with is not wanton destruction. He has a tactic. He, well, you know, he may even be a soldier. He has an idea of how things work and how to manipulate um, the battlefield, if you will. Yeah, I mean, it's clear that he has a code, and it's only the, in quote, bad guys that are, are actually being hurt. Yeah. Um, but we've also got uh, Karen is back uh, in the office, and uh, she gets a phone call from Grotto, who is extremely pissed off because he thinks that they sold him out. and. Uh, she tries to convince him otherwise, and he just hangs up. Um, mm-hmm. And then I think we're we're cutting back and forward rapidly between the rooftop again, um, and the, and the, we have the big discussion between uh, Daredevil and the Punisher as they sort of, as the Punisher says that you know, uh, Matt's a half measure, and it, his way is the best way. So they have this philosophical discussion um, strapped strapped to a chimney yeah i mean maybe we should just talk uh, you know it's i can't differentiate between these scenes that are cut back and forth so maybe we should just talk about the roof conversation because because there's so much there there this is this is so good and it's such the core core of the episode like the punisher's got him tied up they're gonna have a chat they're gonna they're matt gives you know pretty well good arguments from the position of a guy who's totally chained up and at the mercy of the guy he's arguing with yeah he is a lawyer that's true but he's also chained up and the guy he's talking to could could kill him at any at any time and he insults him um but they they go back and forth and they make their arguments and then there's the um uh what he he tries to get him to kill grotto well we so we have the i think first of all we have the caretaker who comes up comes up to the roof and, and that's the comes tense up to moment the roof and there's the gun held on the other side of the door <clears throat> and he you know he talks to the caretaker 
and then it eventually comes out that the 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 caretaker was a, a marine or something and so that the two of them have a little um soldier bonding moment right but all the while um, we're all nervous because it's that moment of like one thing gives this away and that guy's gonna get killed he's got the gun on the other side of the door Matt has been told not to do anything or the guy is killed. And so what does he do? He sits there and struggles with his chains loudly so that the guy is uh, more intrigued as to what's going on on the roof. And the story that Frank gives is such, I I mean, it was like, you know, I'm just coming out here for a smoke, you know, uh, visiting my sister. And and the guy bites it all the way down i, I was just yeah. like okay that's interesting a crazy sister oh you mean one in three B? I'm like yeah that's her mm-hmm. sure but that tension you know you know tension you know like especially you know um with, with the, having that gun like the bomb under the desk but there's something very gritty about that gun is sitting right at his head and it you know it's it's, mm. it's just good visual um uh visual language that the stakes could not be higher you think that you are you know you're going to protect the innocent and if you mess this up he's dead and that will nullify everything that you know and everything that you do yeah it's dumb he's trying to be quiet i guess but he makes a little bit of noise uh i guess the worst case scenario he gets another thing to feel really guilty about yes yes (laughs) So that's that's good for Matt. He likes feeling guilty about stuff, but in the end, the guy is the guy is okay, and they continue their they continue their conversation. Like I said, then then we get Grotto, right? The the uh, I'll let you go if you kill somebody kind of thing. Well, and what, then he, what we get what we get is that Matt goads him and calls him insane and various other things, which yep, seems to be job. a very a bad uh, negotiating tactic. I know. He's, and then he's he chained up. He gets knocked out, <laughs> and then he wakes up, and he he has a a gun. Got more use of useful duct tape. This yeah, clearly... gun duct tape to his hand. Yeah, um, the Punisher has a lot of duct tape. He does. Wow, that's that's kind of like Punisher one hundred and one. I mean, if you're going to mm-hmm. strap other guns to other guns, you're going to use you know some hundred mile an hour tape. Yeah, it's a little known, known fact that that uh, skull that he has on his shirt is just uh, made out of duct tape. He just duct tapes it onto a plain shirt. In the comics, yes, we haven't seen right. that. No, no, here, no, no, but no. you know, I'm sure he'll get there, right? Where he's like, you know, what would be good is if I use duct tape to put a skull on my shirt. But we haven't gotten there yet. Uh, yeah, so it's so it's this crazy like, okay, you've got a gun, you can shoot me or you can shoot Grotto, but you gotta you gotta shoot somebody. Um, and, and if you don't to, shoot somebody, I'll shoot somebody. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm going to make you like me, is basically what, what Frank's doing. And Matt's right, the, the guy is nuts. He's nuts. He's totally messed up, and Matt is trying to find any way out of this that he can. And he's trying to prove to Matt that Daredevil is a half measure. There is, just because you're going half the way is not true justice in, 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 and, Frank's, uh, in Frank's world, in Frank's methodology. And we do get the reveal that Grotto is not the sort of complete innocent criminal that we've been led to believe, and that not only did he go and kill somebody, there was a an innocent bystander witness who saw his face, and they got killed as well. Sure. So the you know Frank Frank is basically saying this guy is not worth uh, worth saving. Yeah. 
Yeah, I I never believed that Grotto was just a totally innocent guy. I have to say, it's like, well, you know, you're working at the with the Irish mob. You probably are. You probably which, got some which, issues yourself, right? Which was a thing in the first uh, episode where um, Matt is using his. Uh, lie detection powers and he doesn't pick up on the fact that when he's saying oh yeah i'm just you know i i never did anything really bad uh he didn't pick up that that was actually not true mm. oh, he says it in, I, I remember exactly what you're thinking about he the way he phrases it i've done a lot of bad things which is the truth yeah and yeah. and so you know what are you gonna do all right so so matt uh matt shoots his chains yeah, which thankfully does exactly the right thing and well, breaks the chain. That would be there's several moments in this show where it's like, well, if that went wrong, this whole show is over right here. But yeah. uh, but still, it still is a pretty good moment, right? Just me- metaphorically, it is. It is. You here are your decisions, and he's like, nope, I'm not going to do those. I'm going to do this. I'm going to use this power for something completely different, which is to break himself free, and uh, you know, and and, and attack then- the Punisher. But Grotto gets shot. Yeah, true to his word, the Punisher just shoots Grotto in the chest. Um, so now he beats down Frank with his duct-taped gun hand. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a powerful weapon. Which is used used yeah. for the whole rest of the episode. Yeah. Um, and uh, so uh, Frank decides that he's going to up the stakes, and uh, he shoots a bike, ran- which blows up which from, the, the, from the... Uh, the dogs of hell bar across the road mm-hmm. uh that explodes and then all the bikers pour out and pour up the stairs and he's basically trying to put matt into a position where he can't you know he's gonna have to do something so he knocks knocks frank out and yep. picks him up uh and then yeah he tries to make a break for it down the stairs and here is our centerpiece like like the hallway fight last time oh, this is our centerpiece so action thing for the for the show um, and i was i was looking and there's no dialogue at all for like the last five minutes of, of the episode. course yeah. not everybody's getting their jaws jacked it's amazing and it, it was so reminiscent of that other thing but it, it really is amazing like this is the it's so great like the desperation here it's like the what he has no other all, option but to fight all of these guys who are fortunately coming up the stairs so that one you know, by it, one more or less right it's not quite in, in smaller yeah. groups but they're 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 kind of limited in how 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 they can they can rush up to him and he has to keep on with his with one hand having a gun duct tape to it he has to fight all these guys off uh, and the other hand frank is not attached to it yeah oh, oh right well and he's right, got yes. the chain so, so he uses the chain, the chain. He, he starts by taking out all the lights in the corridor um, to give him an advantage, mm-hmm. but yeah, he's got he's got his gun hand and his chain hand, and uh, it's, a, it's a very a very good fight. I mean, it tries to be the sort of one shot corridor fight again. Although I think there's slightly more obvious cuts in this. Where yeah, there's obviously yes. breaks yes. where the camera pans over a black somebody's jacket or something. <clears> and you yeah. can tell that was probably where they cut it. Well, but it, it's still. Yeah. It's still yeah, there, done very well. I think there actually are a couple of cuts too. It's actually a little like um, we we did an incomparable episode about about uh, Alfred Hitchcock's uh, Rope, which does the same thing where they, it's supposed to be one continuous take, and there are some moments where you go behind somebody's back. But even Rope has a couple of cuts in it, like the, that mm. are actual cuts. And I think there are a, a couple of cuts in this fight, but it's very kinetic and and mostly sort of smoothly moving uh, down the stairs and 
just spectacular to watch and brutal, but um, you know, I don't know. I I thought it was really great. I thought this is this is they're so good at this. This is what they're good at. The, you know, mm. it's funny we're we're at this fight because I can't help and I don't like crossing streams of shows that I'm on <clears throat> and shows that I'm huh. watch. But I'm going to bring up where I think sometimes mediocrity is celebrated, as in the case of fights with Arrow and The Flash. And then you take Daredevil, which clearly in the fight sequences are in a league of their own. Like Arrow looks like slow motion babies punching compared to <laughs> this. I mean, yeah. it's just the choreography, it's like, like Arrow, please hire this guy. You know, you need, well, you this, need this crew. This stuff is getting into sort of, you know, Far East martial arts film levels of choreography and doing things properly. Yeah, I mean, the brutality of it is one thing that they aren't going to do on the CW. But I, I do feel like, you know, obviously Daredevil is investing money in fight choreography and stunt people that Arrow is not spending. I mean, they're spending money on it, too, but they're not spending as much money on it. It is not as much of a priority. I, I get the feeling like the the budget for something like Arrow is probably a lot less per episode than the budget of Daredevil because um, Daredevil looks better. <laughs> it has better fight choreography. You know, I, I think I think this is a show with more money to spend, and you see it on screen in this case. Plus, it's less, it, you know, Arrow has to be less brutal because it's for a, it's for a, a network TV audience, uh, you know. But, but you're right. Every now and then there's an episode of The Flash or Arrow where I say, oh, that was a pretty good fight, but they are, they are few and far between. And m- mostly it reminds me of, like, Buffy, where... You know, mm. it's a fight and, it, you know, the fight exists to tell us things about the characters, but it's kind of perfunctory and then it's over. And in Daredevil, the fights also, I feel like, exist to tell us things about the characters, but they are not perfunctory. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, you get the, you know, the resourcefulness of Murdoch, which is, I, I also want to keep this guy safe. I'm going to send him down the elevator. I'm going to do a reverse yeah. game, game of death. Um. Bruce Lee style and go down with him. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm assuming that there was like CGI uh, chains involved and things like that. It, I would like to see a making of on this stuff. Uh, just because I'm curious exactly what, how much of it was real and how much of it wasn't. Every, everybody yeah. got hit with a chain. They had to, they had to yes. go through that in order to be a part of the scene. Yeah, the chains were all real. The thugs were all CGI. <laughs> Maybe that's it. I don't know. CGI bikers. Uh, great scene, though. I mean, this is... Uh, we were talking about it with the last episode. Like, uh, do these episodes all all blur together? And it's like, this episode doesn't blur together. This is an incredibly notable episode, right? We've got all of the conversations on the roof. We've got the stuff in the hospital. And we've got this wild fight that is the capper like this is a an incredibly memorable episode of daredevil and it's a slow episode until this moment i mean well it's all talk until here yeah and then it's all no talk (laughs) (laughs) but we've we've actually missed something off just to uh rewind slightly um we also had a scene earlier with karen where she goes to see tower the da's assistant and she does a big sort of foggy style you know big speech and tells him about all his predecessors who have all been 
uh, fired or or generally got rid of after Rey screwed up. And uh, she succeeds in this as well. So she's got her own like little strand of going off and doing things. And uh, she, the uh, tower basically does the, I am now going to leave the room for 10 minutes, you know, do not, you know, whatever you do, do not take these Punisher files, which I have left on my desk. It's all <laughs> all in hard copy. No flash yeah. drives. Yeah. yeah. I like that, though, right? That was that was a nice moment. Of, but uh, yeah, I think it, it, it's good to point out that she also had her sort of share of, of uh, hero talking, shall we say. Right. Well, and this is we, and this yeah. is where we get the uh, the the last moment here is that she's got the X ray of the skull with the bullet hole. And yeah. if you were going to defend possibly the Punisher, I mean, like this is all you know conjecture at this point. But could a bullet that grazed your skull um, cause you to have some emotional issues? Yeah, you would think. Indeed, I mean. I, it looks like if it if it is Frank's skull, I mean, it definitely made him um, a super pissed off individual, right? And of course, this is this is where we get this is the the obviously skull imagery, right? Is all about the Punisher, so <clears throat> which I thought was a great grounding to the the Punisher as a character. Like you know, he hasn't come straight out with any skull stuff, and right. I mean, it's just like it grounds it in a, in a real world way that. I just, ooh, I can eat it. <laughs> I don't recommend that you eat anything involving the Punisher. <laughs> it's, it's, he's, he's living on rooftops. He's got tarps. Yeah, it's likely uh, be, be a grenade with a little string attached to it. So don't do yeah. that. Do not eat. Well, other than that, I mean, this, I, really, this episode was slow burn up and, and the set piece was the fight. I mean, because that's kind yeah. of, I think, one of those things that Daredevil has now now known for is, you know, the, a, a big fight at some point. And this, this seems to be uh, the first start of that. It does seem that they're setting themselves up that, like, when they do a season three, people are going to be, and what's going to be your your corridor fight for this yeah. season. No, clearly they've decided that this is going to be their, uh, one of their little uh, trademarks is going to be mm. this, some sort of uh, massive, you know, looks sort of like a single cut fight. Yeah. yeah it's like the, their, their, uh, their old boy fight scene. Yeah, exactly. Well, but good episode. Absolutely. Really good episode. Yeah. I mean, we yeah, get, and we get we... the skull. And did we say that, um, you know, he turns around and Frank has gone? Uh, he's... Yeah, well, yeah, it's that moment. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't kill Frank or anything like that because that's not his way. And he puts him in the elevator, which is super clever. And they get down to the bottom and all of that. And uh, but at the end of the fight, Frank has fled. And uh, that's a nice moment of like, oh, no, right. You know, we, we didn't get him after all. These guys are going to have to fight again, maybe later. Or we're going to see uh, Frank. Doing some more killing. Yeah, yeah, he's out there. He's still roaming around. You know, he's that Frank. He's hard to kill. Very. I mean, he took a bullet to the head. Mm-hmm. Well, with that, gentlemen, I think we've capped off... Uh, <clears throat> what the, This is New York's finest. New York's finest. And so I thank you, Jason Snell. Thanks, Mose. This was uh, a lot of fun. And 
Mr. Thompson, it has really been a pleasure with these three episodes thus far. Oh, I like to keep it thuggish. 